Tuesday, you need to know. Headlines from America and from around the world. Brought to you every day here on Full Spectrum Survival, only on YouTube. Let's begin. I want you to take a look at this video coming from the fighting taking place in Ukraine, the front line in the war between Russia and the European region. The buildings that you are seeing here were normal just a few months ago. People read their children books as they went to sleep. They watched shows and they enjoyed their meals. The apartments and complexes are now a site of apocalypse. These were places that people enjoyed their vantage points. They watched things happening in the city around them and now they are being used by attackers and enemy combatants alike. The windows that have been blown out by missile and large caliber weapons strikes act as debris shields from the people who are fighting in this region. These individuals can let loose a shock, snipers remaining hidden behind the rubble that makes the most of their risk and the armies fight for what they feel is right, either the aggression against a group or people who are fighting for their homeland. Every time that you see videos like these, I want you to remember that this is what Los Angeles in the United States of America will look like during a conflict. It doesn't have to be an, an enemy from another country either. Sometimes it's an enemy from within. Guerrilla warfare and fighting has been uh, tearing countries apart all across our world. It can be rebellion, it can be civil war. Look at Syria, look at Egypt before Erdogan took control and instituted black bag kidnappings, throwing people in the backs of vans when they didn't side with the government. Look at Libya. This is your Tennessee. It's your Louisiana, your New York State, and your Washington. This is your future. We got word last night at the time of this reporting that Russian strategic bombers were being seen airborne from the Ingalls Air Force Base. There's definitely something going on between Russia and Ukraine right now, and it's best that you remain as aware of these events as possible. You might not get very much notice when a nuclear event takes place. You might not hear about it until it is already too late. There are plans in motion right now for Russia to strike the United States of America. These plans will not be enacted until Russia decides that it is uh, being threatened as a country. But once they are enacted, you will see the combatants that are already in the USA act and you will see the missiles that are already pointed at the US, uh, USA begin to fly. There are some red flags going up all around Europe after reports came streaming out of intelligence agencies working on the ground in Ukraine, as well as in Russia, saying that there is a high level of accurate concern right now that some of the worst parts of the war between Russia and the West will strike first in the Ukrainian region and possibly further into European territory in the coming months. This is being called the most dangerous time in our war so far. This will happen in March, they say, as Russia and Ukraine plans a, uh, both plan a major opposition directive in the spring. What we are planning to do, one Ukrainian outlet, quotes based on a military service person, is strike further, strike deeper into the Russian homeland, 
we will execute, he says, our operations deeper and deeper inside of Russia. Now, the Ukrainian military intelligence chief said that in an interview published this week that Ukraine expects right now liberation of more territories in the coming months. He predicts that Ukraine will deal with the final defeat of the Russian Federation. Now, right now, you know, Putin enacted a 24-hour ceasefire. This is after he fired on Ukrainian positions over Christmas, fired over the New Year's holiday. Now, uh, during a time of an orthodox religious uh, celebration, he said, let's go ahead and, uh, you know, pursue a ceasefire. I'm not for Russia. I'm not against the Russian people. What I'm telling you is that there is a war going on for your mind, your sympathy, and your empathy right now. They will use this war to further divide the political divides here in America, and they are already doing it. People are, people are already making synonymous Republican with pro-Russian. They're already making synonymous Ukrainian with pro-Biden or pro-democratic. They are using this conflict to divide you in America. It's working. And if you felt those feelings, you are falling seamlessly into their trap. Where does that lead us here in the future of America? It leads us into civil war. Over 65% of the population right now believes that we will see a civil war within the next decade in the country. You're going to see the government attempt to take away the arms of the people, take away the guns from the streets. The only problem there is if they do it through legal means, who's going to be left with the guns in the streets? It's not going to be you, because if you have them, then you become the criminal. It will only be the criminals. Why? Because a criminal does not care whether it's illegal or not to have a firearm, just like they don't care whether it's illegal or not to sell a drug. They don't care whether it's illegal or not to murder, to rob, to do any number of criminal acts. That's why they are a criminal. But they will try to take away the Second Amendment in the USA. And in doing so, whether it's through slow encroachment or an overreaching arc of tyranny, you will be affected. 65% of the population right now believes that this will happen within the next 10 year period. Many say that it will happen much sooner. This is going to happen in Ukraine from Crimea to Donbass, one of the military intelligence operatives has said. Regarding the strikes inside of Russia, they would not claim Ukrainian responsibility for a series of drone attacks on Russian air bases hundreds of kilometers deep inside the country only adding comment that once the war ends, it will end for Russia. Now, those are a little bit of a dark tiding coming for Russia, as they are saying that Russia will basically be over. It will be no more once this conflict ends. That is the line in the sand for Russia. They say that once Russia is threatened as a country, you will see nuclear war. You will see the warheads fly. Now, what happens between point A and point B? could be a, chem a chemical attack, maybe further biological events. It is with the understanding that these things can happen, that you and your family must prepare. These comments come nearly a month after Moscow accused Ukraine of launching drone attacks at the air bases in South Central Russia. These took out the lives of multiple service people. Uh, Russia says that it shot down multiple parts of drones, but the key regime, they call it, backed by America, 
Remember, it was not too long ago that the United States used to call Middle Eastern countries regimes. And now we have a flipping of the coin here where it is West uh, Eastern nations in this true war between the West and the East calling America being led by a regime. Now, remember how many people got behind the Middle Eastern wars? They stood behind Bush, they stood behind his predecessors, and they said, yes, let's go take apart those regimes. It's in that same manner that the Chinese people and the Russian people are standing behind their directives. They say, yes, let's finally take down the American regime. So you and your family need to be aware of this. Our goal, once we achieve it, will be returning the borders of Ukraine to its 1991 standards, like Ukraine is recognized by all subjects of international law. Remember, this is Ukraine saying this. Ukraine has neither denied nor admitted to striking targets deep inside of Russia, but there's a common understanding that that's exactly what happened. There is a growing understanding inside of the Russian military, warns strategists that Russia will close its borders to an even larger grouping of conscription-aged men. This is as the country is expected to begin another mobilization to enter into Europe. This has been validated along most international intelligence circles with information delivered to the Ukrainian president as well as the defense minister of that country, each warning that they anticipate Russia to resume the mobilization very, very soon. We have no doubt, they say, that the current masters of Russia will throw everything that they have and everyone that they can to try to turn the tide of this war and postpone their defeat. That's the Ukrainian president, Zelensky. You see America, NATO, many European countries with the full backing of Ukraine, they will continue to push for this war until Russia is no longer either a nuclear superpower or an economic threat. Russia, of course, has a lot in its back pocket. It has the Middle East. It has China. And with those giants, including India of the BRICS, you will see massive change inside of the old world order. That's when the United States dollar reigned supremely across the world. China has already made deals with Saudi Arabia to make oil purchases in their currency. This is abandoning a massive directive since the end of World War II to have the U.S. dollar reign supreme. This is a change that is sending shockwaves throughout the entire financial marketplace. It is making changes that are going unseen right now in America and beyond. Why do you think that so many politicians are so heavily invested in what happens in Ukraine today? Because they know that their old world control, their old world money is almost over. And so they are going to attempt to make the most of the money that they can. How do you do this as a country? You go to war. They have done it since the beginning of time. If you want somebody else's cave, you go beat them to death with clubs and you take it. That's exactly what they want to do today. Except instead of using clubs or spears, they have high projectile weapons. They are able to use missiles and shoot them from ships far offshore. The world is at war. And it's a war that is both unlike any war in our history. And it is just like the violence that has dominated mankind and torn us apart for ages. It is for this violence in your group in your city, 
and in your region that you and your family have to be prepared. You need to be ready to evacuate at a moment's notice. You need to keep your eyes and your wits about you. I was just reading the search warrant and affidavit for that uh, person that is suspected of murdering the four college-age girls in Moscow in uh, the United States of America. This individual lurked, watched, shadowed these girls for weeks. Now, you would hope that these girls would have their situational awareness and be able to remain aware in their environment and surroundings and look and say, okay, this person shouldn't be here, or why is this person following me? That's what you and your family need to do. Make sure that no one is watching you. No one is following you. What about your wife and your children? Have you taught them, and your husband, have you taught them how to move uh, through an area and still look behind you, see what's going on around you? It's so funny that I have people berate me on the channel saying, Brad, why are you always looking around? Why? You must be paranoid. No, there's always people behind you. There's people dropping things off for deliveries. There's uh, people walking around. Anybody who doesn't look around them is an idiot. Now, there is, of course, a difference between remaining aware, being responsible for the things that are happening around our planet, knowing exactly what can go wrong, and thinking that the boogeyman hides in every shadow. But that is not what we do on this channel. We do remain aware. We keep up to date with the things that can happen. We understand that violence does exist. We don't put on our rainbow colored filters on our glasses and say, no, it's okay. Everything's okay. We just go through life without looking around. Instead, we know what can happen and we are prepared to deal with it if it happens to our family or the people around us. The Estonian foreign minister has said, and this is whose country borders Russia, of course, told local media outlets on January 2nd that although there was no official confirmation of Russia's potential mobilization, there is a general expectation that the next scale of mobilizations will assist Russia in achieving its military goals. None of the top officials that were going over this data would disclose their sources of information. However, the general staff of Ukraine's armed forces said on December 31st that the Russian military is in an occupied uh, region and it is looking to regain more forces in an overwhelming force of conscripts and mobilization. While many of the conscripts lack experience, Russia's mobilized troops have presented and will continue to present a serious problem for Ukraine and for Europe. Moscow's fall campaign to uh, conscript thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of soldiers has worked, says Ukrainian leadership. Ahead of these mobilizations, Ukrainian intelligence said that partisans had once again interrupted civilian and military trains in Siberia. There's just so much going on, and I'm starting to see the individuals who are saying, look at the uh, food production sabotage here in America. Even though it's not on the news anymore, we are still seeing on local reports the information that is being shared with authorities about continued sabotage events on infrastructure here in the USA. Maybe it's not an, electric uh, an electricity substation. Instead, it's railway trouble, trying to stop the supply or surplus of goods across the USA. Sometimes it's road work sabotage. These 
small events that go unnoticed are part of a larger picture. We are at war in the world. It's called a world war, and that even, even though not every country must remain mobilized, not every person drafted into the army, every country is and will continue to be affected. In the intelligence side of things, we have seen consideration that Russia is uh, continuing to foster a very close relationship with Germany. The German chancellor said in December that his country will not transfer major arms to Russia in 2023 in order to prevent a direct confrontation between Germany and Russia. Now, does that mean Germany is going to kind of uh, side with the Russians? Some strategists believe so. Let's move forward and get to some viewer questions, things that matter to you here in the community, the questions that you have answered here every day on YouTube. The first question comes to us from an individual named Daryl B. It says, two days ago, I watched an older guy on a Harley crash his bike on a curve, going into the water ditched, uh, water filled ditch. Then his bike went flying end over end, 20 feet in the air. As I drove up, he was lifeless on the other side of the ditch. I pulled over and I called 911, of course. Moments, he says, before this happened, he passed me on a two-lane highway, barely missing oncoming trucks, driving like an, well, he says an idiot. He was going way too fast, and I think it may have cost him his life. He was not wearing any protective gear. So my question is this, Brad, where do you draw the line between personal safety and being a good Samaritan? I am not CPR certified. I did hesitate to jump out and render aid. Luckily, others rendered aid behind me. But I have been soul searching for why I did not immediately spring into action. I had no plan in place for this, so I didn't know what to do. I feel like this is something I should prepare for. Paula Regram replies. She says, Daryl, I would submit that you witnessed the person exercising a last minute uh, you know, wish to life. By the way, he was careless, carelessly endangering others. It makes it harder to jump forward to be heroic to save someone if they're acting this way. The man may not have wanted to perish. I submit that he wasn't just late for dinner because if he had someone special to go home for, he would have taken better care of his life. It is a conundrum, Paula says. Be that as it may, if you take CPR courses geared for children and babies, or if you decide to focus on saving the innocents first, you will not regret it. It is okay that you were not first in line to render him aid. Let me know what you guys think in the comments about that. Would you have stepped up and done something either way, acted to uh, provide any aid that you could to this individual? Kelly and I had a similar situation with a person on a motorcycle, what, about six years ago, seven, seven years ago? That was just flying down the highway, ran the ditch, lost control of the vehicle. He had a passenger or she was on a second bike. Passenger on the bike. <clears throat> the guy takes the brunt of it, actually gets caught in barbed wire on the side of the road. Now, you have the Good Samaritan law in many states and across the country that says if you try to render aid, even if you do harm, uh, you know, in that rendering of aid, you're going to be protected from suit. Well, that doesn't mean that you won't be protected from civil, uh, civil suit. What it does mean is that you'll have pretty much a leg up in anybody trying to bring harm against you in a court of law. So what we did, having the things in hand that we shouldn't have had, we provided 
the information to his passenger who was fully aware. Now this this guy was just gushing, right? He was hurt, wasn't out, but he was hurt. So we provided her with the gloves, provided her with everything, told her exactly what to do, and then called for uh, you know the ambulance to come. Unfortunately, you have to make those decisions on a spur of the moment. If it was a child, what would you do? And how would that be different? If it was an old woman, an old man, how would you react differently? Do you have any concern about breaking ribs in the application of CPR? If you do, you have to know exactly how to handle that. What about for children and the different processes for it? When you're pressing on a person's chest using CPR, you are basically keeping the heart pumping the blood through the body. If you're uh, rendering breath into that person's mouth, you are uh, oxygenating that blood as you do it. You can do it for minutes, sometimes 10. You can do it until the ambulance arrives, but you need to know how to do it and what to do. What if the person is uh, you know, severely overweight? What if they have uh, some sort of injury to their chest area? How does that affect your rendering of aid? These are all questions you need to ask yourself when you're getting ready to help others. That is what we do here on this channel. We prepare to help ourselves and to help others around us. I hope that you and your family are doing that today. From my family to yours, please stay safe and keep watch. This week's Full Spectrum News is brought to you uh, here on Full Spectrum Survival every day by viewers just like you, all of our members on Patreon. Make sure that you leave a comment and a thumbs up on this video. It helps get our reach out to other people. Please check out everybody's comment in the uh, boxes. There are so much, there are so many people to learn from, so much to learn here. And then please reply to somebody to let them know that they are not in this alone. If you're interested in long-term food storage, check out nutrientsurvival.com forward slash FSS. They have a new challenge for people basically bringing their health back to themselves because they're all about the nutrients there. They also have meals that are ready to eat called nutrients ready to eat. If you're interested, we still have that code FSS15 that's going to get you 15% off there. And contingencymedical.com, it's real antibiotics by real doctors sent from a real pharmacy. Use the code FSS10 and you're going to get a discount there. Most of all, everybody, stock your pantry, be prepared for the things that are happening, stay safe, and keep watch. They'll kind of run. Family and fellow soldiers, I'm the professor, and this is the moment of truth. And now, the crime crime report. Dana White, or Dana White supremacist as I like to call him, is the racist punk who manages the UFC. But recently, he tried his own hand at mixed martial arts over the New Year's. Though it wasn't in an octagon. And the person he was going up against wasn't a UFC fighter, but rather his own wife. Now, the first thing that needs to be noted, the white media is trying to downplay all of this and minimize it. Now, up until this point, Dana White was a near constant fixture of the white sports media. And UFC has been the hottest ticket that they had going. And yet, for some reason, all of a sudden, they've largely lost interest in this. We're not getting the wall-to-wall coverage that you would think this should get from the man who is the face of mixed martial arts, the fastest-growing, most popular sport, blah, 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 blah. And even the ones who are reporting on this, 
they're using minimalist language. First of all, they're saying that Dana White merely slapped his wife. Now, if you look at the video, it dang sure looks like he threw at least a couple of punches. And it wasn't just once that he swung on her, he did it a few times. By the way, if Dana White was black, the white media wouldn't be saying slap, they'd be saying that he beat his wife. Well, we're not going to do any white media whitewashing here. The video appears to show UFC head thug and all-around shady individual Dana White beating his wife at a club. Then the story should talk about all the controversy he's been involved in over the years. Like, for instance, how he endorsed Donald Trump. That's another punk who likes to abuse women. This guy hangs out with and endorses men who abuse women, and now he's been caught on video doing it himself. And yet, Dana White's never been me too and he's not being me too now. There's been tons of rumors about this guy over the years, but you won't be hearing the white media bringing any of those up. None of Dana White's greatest hits. Pun intended. In fact, the white media has taken Dana White's side in all this, telling everyone that he's a good guy and we should take his word for it. They're being bold about their bias for him. They're not even trying to hide it. Dana White is not just somebody that's connected in the world of sports. He's a friend. I love the guy, personally. He always gets um, so this is a very hard subject for me. We talk all the time. Um, we certainly connected briefly since this happened. He knew, you know, he knew there's no way on earth that I wasn't going to talk about it. Um, my heart goes out to his family because this is a very, very embarrassing situation. Um, he says it has never, ever happened before. Um, He's completely ashamed and utterly disgusted Why with himself because he finds himself in a situation that he would ever have done such a thing to a woman he's been married to for 30 years, who's the mother of his three children, um, and he makes no excuses for it. And I think it's important to point that out. I also think it's important to point out that she validates what he asserts, that it's never happened before, that it was completely out of character. And she even pointed to the fact that they were out and they were drinking and all of that other stuff as well. Now, look at what all the white media say. Look at Stephen A. Schmuck, I mean, uh, Smith. He ain't yelling. Notice that he's not screaming. He's not doing his usual over-the-top antics and histrionics and acting a fool. Yeah, he sounds real subdued all of a sudden, don't he? Oh, he wants to make it known that we should all be hearing sad violins playing for Dana White right now. His friend. Dana White. He's not doing any of that asinine, over-the-top buffoonery and overacting that he always does, especially when he's talking about black athletes. Oh no, Stephen Smith seems to have left his outrage at home, which is also the same place where he left his principles. He definitely doesn't bring those to the office. But neither Stephen Smith or anyone else in the white media is making a big issue out of domestic violence in the UFC. No, not like they did with the NFL, where they largely had to exaggerate greatly if not outright lie to try to manufacture a fraudulent story that, oh, all these big black men in the NFL are just beating women up. None of that true. But nobody's given that same tribute to the UFC and go, hey, let's do a rundown of all of these accusations of domestic violence against fighters in the UFC. Because after all, the UFC's got a culture of domestic violence. Let's go ahead and smear them with that. They ain't doing that. What type of discipline should Dana face? Well, my immediate response to that is whatever discipline he should face is the kind of discipline he would impose upon someone he oversees. 
Well, Steven, since you brought it up, just 14 months ago, another UFC figure, Luis Pena, was arrested and charged with misdemeanor domestic violence and battery. Three days later, Dana White cut Pena from the promotion, kicked him out of the UFC, saying that it could happen to any fighter. But we're all seeing that Dana White clearly doesn't live by his own rules. Those were meant for everybody else, not for him. UFC fighters better not get embroiled in any domestic violence stuff. But as for Dana White, well, he can go five rounds with the wife anytime he wants. Because after all, who's going to fire the boss? Am I right? Well, actually, someone can. We'll get to that in a moment. But right now, we got a lot of people circling the wagons for Dana White. And these are the same racists who you see posting anti-black comments constantly online. Today, they're online saying that the UFC is a violent sport. So apparently, we should give Dana White a pass. Dana White isn't an MMA fighter. And since when does being the shady front man for the UFC give him the right to turn a nightclub into an octagon and go five rounds with his own wife? And of course, Stephen Smith with that pathetic deflection saying, Dana says this never happened before. Well, it never happened before with Ray Rice either. He and his wife did a press conference where she admitted she was in the wrong, which the video made clear. But that didn't mean anything. It didn't mean anything to the NFL and definitely didn't mean anything to the white media. The racist white supremacists who owned the NFL saw a chance to publicly flog yet another black man, and they knew that he was innocent, but that was the point. It's not a show of power if you punish someone who's in the wrong, like Dana White. That's simply justice. But when you make it a point to punish and demonize and attack someone who you know is innocent, that's oppression. And the white supremacists like Jerry Jones, who run the NFL, get a sick kick out of using their white media buddies to help set up a narrative. Look at this big, bad black man over here. He's such a brute. Well, we're going to put him in his place. And then people like Jerry Jones do their phony piety routine and say, we have standards around here, you know. Yeah, they got standards all right. And the standards are about as high as a street corner whore on a Saturday night. Oh, how different the coverage is when the person they're talking about isn't black. Ray Rice was attacked, vilified, and thrown out of the NFL. Now, Stephen Smith had no problem sticking up for his friend, Dana White, and using White's own wife in order to prop up that defense. Also think it's important to point out that she validates what he asserts, that it's never happened before, that it was completely out of character. And she even pointed to the fact that they were out and they were drinking and all of that other stuff as well. This was out of character for Dana White and that he had never done this before and well. They were both in the wrong because they had both been drinking. How very interesting that Stephen Smith would bring that up because that's pretty much what Ray Rice's wife said about their incident. She actually apologized during the press conference. Apologized to him. She said that this hadn't happened before, that she wasn't some battered wife, and that this was a personal dispute that simply got out of hand and the media needed to give them their space. But of course, neither the white media nor the NFL gave the Rices their space. Unlike what's happening with Dana White, they're trying to give him all the space they can. Nate Parker is an actor, and he was falsely accused of rape. Not only was he arrested over that lie, but he was put on trial, put on trial for his freedom over a lie. Nate Parker was accused of raping a white woman. Then he was tried by an all-white jury in the South. Now, that's about as much as you can stack the deck against a black man without having David Duke as the judge. 
and yet Nate Parker was found not guilty. Not guilty by an all-white jury after being accused of raping a white woman in the South. But the white media is still attacking Nate Parker and smearing him. They can't refute the fact that he was found innocent and the fact that there was absolutely no evidence whatsoever to show that he was guilty of anything other than making a horrible choice in bedmates. And yet the white media reports on him as if he was found guilty, as if he actually did something wrong when he didn't. It's all part of a racial narrative. They've done everything they can to destroy Nate Parker's career and his life over something that was proven in court to be a complete lie. But they're going to the mat to stick up for a scumbag like Dana White to try to insulate him from the truth. Why the media is giving this longtime dirtbag all the sympathy as if he was Mother Teresa? He apologizes and the white media says, that's enough. He said he was sorry we ought to move on. Yeah, just because he beats up on his wife, that's no reason for the media to beat up on him, right? But Dana White's not the only person whose hypocrisy has to be called out. Because you see, Dana White may not be an MMA fighter and never could be. But that doesn't mean that he owns the UFC. It's actually owned by Endeavor Talent Agency. And who is the boss of Endeavor? Why, it's our old friend, Ari Emanuel, who only a few weeks ago had so much to say about Kanye West. Why, Ari couldn't keep his little racist mouth shut about Kanye. He had that forked tongue of his flapping full time. He wrote op-eds all over the place from the Chicago Tribune to the Financial Times demonizing Kanye. In the Financial Times, Ari wrote, this is a moment in history where the stakes are high and being open about our values and living them is essential. Silence and inaction are not an option. By the way, I think it needs to be said that Ari Emanuel is no less a scumbag than Dana White. He's basically Harvey Weinstein, but without the baggage. Remember, it was one of Ari's own talent agents, Adam Bennett, who Terry Crews accused of groping him. Just six months ago, Adam Bennett was sued by his now ex-wife for assault and domestic violence. Interesting how those things keep coming up over and over again with these folks who are in Ari Emanuel's circle. Not that the white media has drawn any of those connections. I guess that's a little bit too obvious. That's the kind of people who Ari Emanuel likes having on the payroll because Emmanuel tried to hang in there and support Bennett as long as he could to keep Bennett around. He didn't immediately fire him after the accusations came to light. Ari Emanuel complained that Kanye West's words could lead to violence, and Kanye needed to be destroyed in order to discourage violent behavior because Ari Emanuel's so concerned about that, right? Well, here you have the UFC, which Ari's company owns, and his buddy, the longtime thug and punk Dana White, is caught beating his wife on video in public. Keep in mind, the UFC is Endeavor's most valuable asset. It's their crown jewel, as the white media puts it. And what has Ari Emanuel said about the punk who runs the crown jewel of his company being caught on video beating his wife in public? He said nothing. Absolutely nothing. Ari Emanuel has not said a single word. No op-eds, no press releases, not even a Twitter tweet. Endeavor's shares have fallen after that video became public, by the way. Now, as the man who runs Endeavor, you would think that Ari Emanuel would want to say something immediately. He'd be rushing in front of the cameras to try to calm the situation down. A few weeks ago, he had diarrhea of the mouth when it came to Kanye West and Dave Chappelle. You couldn't shut that little rat's mouth before now. 
Ah, uh, but now he's been in hiding all this week. He won't even stick up for his own company in a time of crisis. Gee, isn't that some kind of malfeasance? If it's not, it should be. But preserving white supremacist solidarity is clearly far more important to him than preserving his own company. Keep in mind, it was in that op-ed that Ari Emanuel himself wrote, Kanye West being bipolar was no excuse for his words. So someone having a mental disease is no excuse for them saying crazy things? It'd be funny if it wasn't so stupid. Kanye West didn't harm anyone. He has a mental disease. So in Ari's mind, someone not having full control of their mental faculties is no excuse for them not having control of their words. I guess he thinks people with mental disorders only say polite things and only voice coherent thoughts. Yet this same Ari Emanuel has had absolutely nothing to say about his buddy Dana White's deeds. Apparently being Ari's friend is an excuse to beat your wife. Oh, and what's this? Ari Emanuel is best buds with the same Donald Trump who abuses women and whom Dana White is so fond of. Well, it seems crap of a feather circle the toilet bowl together. I think we can safely assume Ari Emanuel won't be writing any op-eds about his pal Dana White beating his wife. He fell off that high horse of his real quick, didn't he? Now, Ari Emanuel has the power to fire Dana White, but notice that nobody in the white media is saying he should do that. And they're also not saying that businesses should stop doing business with Endeavor until he does. Nobody's saying, hey, we need these advertisers to drop the UFC. We need these TV stations to drop the UFC. Ari Emanuel bragged in his op-ed that LeBron James is one of his clients. Will anyone in the white media be asking if LeBron's going to seek new representation unless and until Dana White is fired? Will anyone in the white media say that people should dump their shares of Endeavor stock because of this? Well, I guess it's a little bit late on that one. Nobody's trying to make Ari Emanuel guilty by association. Hell, they're not even trying to make Dana White guilty at all. And since Ari Emanuel can't be bothered to say a word about his pal beating his wife and putting the company's crown jewel in danger, will anyone say that Ari Emanuel needs to resign? After all, as he put it, the stakes are high. We have to live our values. Silence is not an option. Right now, Ari Emanuel isn't saying a word. No one can even find him. His company's stocks are in free fall because of this, and he's MIA. So it seems silence is an option after all. In fact, in this case, it seems to be his favorite option. Nice to know. We in the black media have long called out Ari Emanuel for his hypocrisy, his lies, and his bigotry. He's a snake in the grass, and now everyone's seeing it in a way that can't be denied. By the way, on a side note, walking garbage like Skip Bayless or saying that Kyrie Irving is part of a multi-billion dollar sports league and he's a member of a multi-million dollar sports team, so the league is justified in demonizing him and suspending him and calling him everything but a son of God and completely and thoroughly defaming the man with lies because, well, he puts the team's profits in jeopardy. This is a big sport, don't you know? Well, anything you can say about Kyrie Irving on that front, you could say about Dana White hundreds of times over. Because the UFC is a billion-dollar sports organization. And unlike Kyrie Irving, Dana White isn't merely a part of it. He's the guy who runs it. Dana White runs a multi-billion-dollar sports organization. 
and he's been caught on video beating his wife in public, and yet he's being held to absolutely no standard. Meanwhile, a black NBA player who posts an Amazon product on his Twitter page gets demonized, and we're told that the whole world's going to collapse, and well, they have to punish him harshly because it's a billion-dollar sports industry. Uh, yeah, that only applies if there's a black man they're talking about. Dana White has already cost the UFC a ton of money already just this week, and yet you won't see any of these same white media racists like Skip Bayless saying that Dana White has placed the UFC's profits in danger. He has to be cut immediately. They got to take his money from him. He has to be punished harshly so they can show that they don't tolerate this. Oh, they're not going to talk about him like a scolded little child who needs to be spanked. Instead, the talk will be all about how to get past this, and we need to look at his heart, and, well, does he have a history? Oh, it's just all so very complex. You see, so very complex to figure out. Oh, yes, we know that people are going to be expecting that he should be punished, especially because we spent so long saying that all these black men should be punished for doing absolutely nothing. But it's not that simple. That is, and will continue to be, the white media narrative. Now, on a final note, in what can only be called art imitating life, as it turns out, Dana White was planning to start a show on TBS called Power Slap. I'm not making that up, by the way. That's what the show is called. Apparently, Dana White wanted to start a slap fight league. There would be weight classes and even a title. I'm not sure what the prize is, probably an industrial-sized bag of ice, but that was the idea that Dana White was planning to unleash upon the world. Well, TBS has decided to reschedule that abortion in light of this scandal. They're not dropping the show, mind you. The white media is not giving this man who was caught on video beating his wife the same treatment they gave to Bill Cosby, who was merely accused of something he didn't even do. So with Bill Cosby, one accusation and they remove his show from streaming and try to erase the man the works. No evidence, but he's black, so that justifies whatever they do after all. They don't want to reward someone who abuses women. Meanwhile, they have Dana White on video committing this violent act. He confesses that he did it, and TBS feels that the appropriate thing to do is to just reschedule the show. Let's postpone a little bit. We really don't want to have to take this show off the air, because after all, he's such a great guy. Let's give it a little while. Let's go ahead and put it on ice for a little bit and let the heat die down. Let's see if people forget about it. We're not going to have this man put through the same living hell that we put Cosby through because they don't want to reward someone who abuses women, right? You know, considering how all these people in the white media are so eager to bend over backwards to give this woman beater a pass, Dana White ought to just announce that the Power Slap League is going to be intergender and that he and his wife were just practicing for their first match. They can even get Ari Emanuel to referee it for them. And that's this week's Friday Crime Report. Keep your eyes open and stay on alert, because there's a lot worse criminals out there than the ones the white corporate media chooses to show you. Good day, and be one. I'd like to take a moment to mention some of our contributors. Burkett Cockcrane, Rowan Wings, Keith B., Craig Simmons, and Festus Williams. Salute to them and thank you to everyone for listening, liking, and sharing this message. Black empowerment only exists because of you.